Welcome to the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift Radio production, where we support your adventure in tabletop game design by discussing, learning, and creating right alongside you. And unlike most times, good morning, Josh. Yeah, good morning. It, that's a good point. The light <laughs> Beautiful, is filtering in through the window. Yeah, it's a different world. In iridescent beams of golden moat-strewn columns and stuff. Well, <laughs> you definitely started your morning with something different than me. <laughs> I'm a cup of coffee and a sausage patty. That's it. Yeah. But um, hi, everyone. We are here. We are... It's a little bit of a strange morning recording session, but that's what happens when you have a vacation week. Yeah. So we today are going to be discussing a little bit of a smorgasbord of things. Yeah, it's definitely uh, potpourri. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's uh, We're going to kind of come back through what we decided on for our next version of the Revergence Rules. We're going to take a little moment and maybe reflexively talk about how those would apply to our draft of the Verge Warden subclass. Yep. Um. And from there, I believe, Josh, you have a random encounter for us. Yeah, strictly speaking, it is a random encounter. It's a random encounter, but we're going to then apply it to the world of Estorok. Yeah. All right. So let's get right into it. So we came up with, and we kind of brainstormed through the Revergent Rules last week, and we kind of went through with the guiding principle of let's simplify. Yeah. So we cut out a bunch, trying to make the rules a little bit less cumbersome. We don't want to encumber people with new rules right we want them to be intuitive easy and fun well i also like that when we went back to those how m- very little we understood like, like what were we thinking with this what were I we going to do with this well i mean and that's just like editing 101 like yeah. writing a story i teach it to students writing essays yeah that you you have to take a break and then come back and revisit it and then you'll see all the things you hate about it right yeah it seemed like a really great idea at the time to have some kind of food and water purification thing but like why i mean what is it it can't um can't paladins do that inherently and they they can they're i don't know they're immune to disease and they can cast purify food and water or something right like but like whoever really i mean it's just funny it's funny the amount of things that and, and i and i think probably dnd has a ton of them that are just there are ideas that are in there, but your DM has to go out of their way to apply them. But on a day-to-day game, I just can't imagine purifying water becomes as big of a deal. Right. It, it's almost like a, a, a non-ability. We're creating complication yeah. where there doesn't need to be any. Right. It's one more thing that some, you know, totally. And I mean, and there's precedent for that. Again, I think I mentioned before, like the dark powers in Curse of Strahd, spoilers for Curse of Strahd. Yeah. Um, that's something similar. There's like each, there's a several dark powers in Curse of Strahd with whom you can make bargains and they offer a boon and a bane. Yeah. It's not called boon bane, but it's called like, here's your dark gift and then here's the price you pay. Right. And, and sometimes you can be bullied into it by a dream. You can be, yes. And but <laughs> other times, I mean, it's just, it's just a natural character progression. Sure. Um, yeah, the, the idea that, and you know, all of their banes are cosmetic but Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. but there's one of them there again the one there's one where you gain some sort of like health or you know ability to shrug off damage or death or something like that but the flip side is that you can only survive if you eat fresh grave dirt every day right which i'm sure somebody in the crunchy world does that already who loves to role play that it's got to be grave dirt but like no i'm pretty sure that if you confidently go on tiktok and say eating grave dirt every day will help take five years off your life somebody will do that oh my god they just need to believe in it uh, it's michael weston you can you know you can enter any building as long as you are confident enough and when like you're, you're supposed a spy to be. when you're a spy when you're a spy confidence is your best ally 
Why has that show never? Why hasn't that had like a resurgent popularity? I don't know, but it's I love so much that. Fun. I love, I that, love show. that show. To start to finish, I love that show. Yeah, you got Sam Axe. You got yeah. that's Burn Notice. Anyone? So yeah, you should on USA Burn Notice. Yeah, that's probably on. Hulu? Well, it, no, it was originally. It on was USA. originally USA, but um, you you come away from Burn Notice, and I'm pretty sure. I could be an international super spy. Yeah, my I've, favorite part of that was the main actress who, in the pilot, was uses, her Irish, yeah. uses her Irish accent, her uh, natural Gabrielle, accent. Gabrielle Anwar. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, when it got picked up, they were like, yeah, but we don't like the Irish accent. And so the character literally just says, oh, I just lo- I dropped it so I would fit in better. I And really, then never uses yep. it again. I really enjoy... I think there is one episode where some of her IRA friends... Oh, that's right. They do yeah, come yeah, and yeah, she yeah, does yeah. put it back on. But I love when... They don't need to, but I almost love when shows or movies do something like that where they just outright acknowledge the thing and you can just feel like a Reddit thread explode. Mm-hmm. I'm They're here. Like, it's me. Get over it. Oh, that it, That's exactly. Because <laughs> um, uh, in um, FUBAR, the oh, yeah. Schwarzenegger show that just started. Um, Spoilers for FUBAR? No, nah, well, not really because it's just something he says. It's on streaming. That's Yeah, it's just something that um, he says. And there's a point where Arnold's character says... That's it, and that's all. That's like his, like that's his. I have spoken. I'm done, and that's how I kept applying. I it. have like, spoken. Yeah, it's and and it's funny because I think that that'll be the that that's their blanket response to people who are like, well, he's too old to do this. You know, it's just like that's it, and that's all. <laughs> you know, like that's his catchphrase because mm-hmm. his daughter throws it in his face. Sure, in the first episode, but well, it's always one of my favorite TV tropes. Was <laughs> always when you have a character. I don't remember what it's called. But it's called like putting on the putting on the real the real voice or something like that, where it's an actor who's putting on a false accent for a TV show, mm. and they write an episode where the character can then use their real accent as though they are putting on an accent. Oh yeah, I like do, that. Stuff. It's, I love it's it. Funny. It's my favorite example. Will always be Spike on Buffy, who James Marsters Marstons is American mm. playing a really over-the-top cockney character yeah and then there's one episode where he has to pretend to be american and he on the phone he's like hello is xander there oh yeah yeah i love <laughs> i love that part. I so it's an american one. doing a british accent pretending to do an american accent badly <laughs> um the same thing that happened in the wire um mcnulty mcnulty the, yeah. mcnulty did an episode where he had to pretend to be british and oh, he does yeah. and he does a really bad british accent even though he's british in real life it's Protestant uh, whiskey. <laughs> Stringer Bell never had to do. Yeah, there was there was all sorts of that entire cast of that show was uh, UK actors. It was so many UK actors. Oh yeah, there's quite a few in that. The DA was a UK actor. He was Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. You know, oh yeah, Idr- he does really. Yep. That guy can do pretty good you on accents. Idris Elba, who yep. was Stringer Bell, and you were like, oh wow, he didn't just do an American accent. He did like an inner city Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Detroit. What is it? It's a Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore accent and McNulty, who does the. You know, it's like it's just yeah. kind of bonkers. Man, I haven't thought of that. Show. Also, the late great Lance Reddick. And um, McNulty, I'm blanking on his name now, but um, uh, the the vigilante guy who is the actor? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael K. Williams. Yes, yes, and he was awesome yeah. in that too. So cool. R.I.P. Yep. So anyway, hey, let's talk about Revergence. Sure. Let's get back on. Why track. not? Because that's okay. We, we were... don't go off uh, off script enough anymore. I, I, I agree, and that's part of the part of the. We have to remember charm. that that was yeah. part of the charm. <laughs> All right, everybody, take out your textbooks and turn to page three hundred. Exactly. That's what. Yeah. So, Revergence. We simplified our Revergence. We cut down from a D12 
to a D8. Mm-hmm. We rename them uh, just levels, and I'm not married to levels. This is one of those things in game design that I love that people are starting to notice, yeah. that if you call multiple different aspects levels, it's confusing. Oh, yeah, just that's like a good point. spell level and character level are different, and that does confuse people. Maybe we can call it intensity. Yeah, or something like that. Revergence so right now, in, it, revergent intensity. You know, yeah, or or exposure. Exposure. Ex- exposure probably is better. Exposure. Yeah. Inversion, your exposure level. You could do spell uh, intensity because going up different slots mm-hmm. could technically. I guess in the playtest for Tales of the Valiant, mm-hmm. they called it instead of spell levels, they were circles. Like you're in the seventh Tales circle. Tales of the Valiant. Gosh. Terrible name. I, I don't know why they skipped to call it Black Flag. By Black the way, Flag is awesome. the Kickstarter for Tales of the Valiant, the 5e variant designed by Cobalt Press, is mm-hmm. up and live. I know. Did uh, you decide to do it? I have not yet backed it. I will probably back it, but I'm I'm torn. Yeah. I'm torn. It's $100 for the two books. You know, to be fair, on Cobalt Press's, what's his name, on, um, I think it's N-Worlds, he came across the Kickstarter he really liked the idea of, but he balked himself. I mean, he push the idea this is a great idea it's the fishing one i think oh yeah it was a fishing 5e add-on all these details on fish but he wasn't willing to spend the money on it because he had to buy the pdf separate or something it was like the cost and he was balancing the cost um you know i believe morris yeah he was balancing the cost and he was going "Mm, i don't know i don't know you know nothing drives me crazier than the pdf is a separate if i'm if i'm spending 70 dollars right 60 dollars on a book yeah give me the pdf well, at least the Tales from the Valiant does include the PDFs, I believe. Um, you can buy them separate, but I feel like if you get the $99 pledge, don't you get both? You get, you, I know you get the, both books. I need to ch- double check it. I know that there was the first level is like 48 bucks, and that's the PDFs. Right. The, then, and then they split it. Player, the, I guess it's two books. It's a player GM book and a monster book. Yeah. Um, and they split it. You can get, you can't, so let's like this book. And this, so what I want to know is, can I buy one book and get the other book as a PDF? But then I'm, but then the completionist in me starts going, well, yeah, but they come in a box. Right. Well, they, Cobalt still doesn't seem to have an American distributorship, right? It seems like they're still shipping all the way out of England. They Are they, no, I thought that was N-World. <sighs> I, I know, them. I know for a fact that the level N-World, of 5e comes okay, from Level of 5e. That's what I'm thinking of. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but then, but that makes sense. If you think about it, the level mm-hmm. of 5e books, which Morris is the right. author, producer, whatever. Yeah. Um, they come as a book and you automatically get the PDF. Yes. So the PDF is 20 books, 20 bucks. The book is 60 or 70 bucks. But if you buy the book, you get the PDF. So at least they're like, I, I have two right. more level up 5e books that I really want to own. So what I'm weighing is, do I want the Tales from the Valiant Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which is a 5e clone, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because what I anticipate doing is seeing if there's any rules in it that I like that I can swipe as house rules. Right. I don't imagine sitting down and telling everyone, hey, we're going to do a Tales from the Valiant game. Um, yeah. But Level Up 5e, which I really love, I don't own the player book. I only own the GM book and the monster book because mm-hmm. I run games. I don't play them. Yeah. And they have their dungeon design book. That's oh, yeah. They should do. be for a while. That was the one that was kickstartering during the, five, the OGL debacle. And so they put up the PDF early on their website to sell it to people in case they had to scuttle the project. Oh, okay. And then they were like, the physical books will come out soon. And all I want, all I wanted was to be able to do a pre-order. So with the when the original Kickstarter came out, you could pre-order. Oh, I when you were, yeah. And remember, I bought the PDF and I yep. loved it so much that so I switched over to a pre-order for the books and I yep. paid them the extra. So I want to be able to pre-order the dungeon book and get it when it's ready because right now it's Kickstarter fulfillment for the people who backed it. And I did not back it for some reason. I think I was trying to be responsible that month. It happens. 
So what are you going to do? Yeah. So, so reversions, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a vacation day. So it that, is. And we have no pressure really right no. now. That's the thing. We don't got to go to bed. We nope. don't have work tomorrow. Nope. We don't have work tomorrow. There's no like, oh my God, it's the end of a long day. Yeah. We are, you know, we're fresh as daisies here. Um, so yeah, we moved our D12 charts to D8, D8. charts. Uh, we switched it. So now it is... Um, something that affects your ability to do weapons, your armor class, your movement, your stealth, perception, insight, intimidation, and last but not least, something having to do with healing. So those are the aspects now that Revergence affects. Yeah. Now, for the Tier 2, which is where we first start getting mechanical effects, it's all pretty minor. There's like plus one, plus two bonuses and things like that. Yep. Um, for the healing one, the healing one is the only one that I bet you is probably broken. The healing one, I think it's a, what is a plus two at the tier two? You get a plus two bonus to yeah, healing, healing um, or a anytime, negative two. Anytime you use a hit dice, you regain you regain hit points. To, to regain hit points, you gain plus two. And the healing penalty is anytime you use a hit die to regain hit points, you gain a negative one penalty. You, you, you can receive it, yeah. yeah. You, I should change the verbiage from gain a penalty. That's that insane. doesn't make sense. Um, things you catch. I was thinking about this as I was typing this up. We need to have a line in there that says, if you receive a boon, you do we allow them to get the corresponding bane? Okay, what do you mean? I get a plus two to stealth. And then I roll, and the next time I have to roll, I get the bane negative two to stealth. Oh, um, I I mean, that's easy. It's it's easy enough. I know. So it's just like sort of undoing. Remember, this is supposed to be a gamble. This is supposed to be a consequence. Well, I think that's what I said with stealth is you gain like a plus two advantage where you... Where you stealth. You gain a plus one to your stealth skill when in a natural environment. And the bane is you take a negative one penalty to stealth checks in urban areas. That was how it was. It yep. was situational specific so the two could still go together. Yep. So that's one of the things on, on the next pass that I go through it. I'm going to go through and make sure that if I roll the same line on the chart mm-hmm. that they don't cancel each other out. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So my favorite still though is so for our tier three, the weapons line, it's going to turn your natural weapons magical. Uh, the negative line is you lose proficiency with your martial weapons and you only have proficiency with simple weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you only have proficiency with simple weapons, you lose proficiency with simple. Something like it takes you down a proficiency level. Which one was it? That's the weapons. Weapons, uh, Bane. Boon, boon is magical, and Bane just has no proficiency. Yeah, you lose your proficiency. Yep. Same thing for armor class. You yep. gain a natural armor class bonus, or you lose your ability to be proficient with uh, non-magical armors. Um, what's the next line down? Uh, movement. Movements. You... Bonuses and negatives. Gain that's 10 feet, one. Yeah, lose 10 feet. exactly. That's going to be one of those ones where you have to look at it because it doesn't make any sense for your boon and your bane to just cancel each other out. That's boring, right? But it could be based on your environment. Well, so you could have. Um, okay, so I don't know. Just quick off the top of my head. So we're say you're going a mineral route, right? Yep. And you get up to tier three, and you roll movement boon or. or Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I see what you're saying. I was trying to do a scenario. I was bringing it to the table and trying to create a scenario, but it didn't right. really. So as long as you're on a stone surface, you have plus 10 to your movement. Right. Or you could also, yeah, because I don't know how stone would, yeah, stone. It's funny that I randomly chose stone, but I don't know how stone would specifically gift you with speed. If you were on the, well, I think it's just more about the speed coming from your natural, maybe yeah, just your the, natural ability to slightly meld with the stone as you run. Which right. causes you to move faster. I don't and know. And then maybe the disadvantage could be your feet. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe like they become stone like and they maybe, become heavy and hard to move. Yeah, when it's a boon, your feet turn into like pumice. Like they're lightweight. <laughs> they're right? so exfoliated. They're, well, you know, they're lighter, they're a lighter weight. 
you yeah. know. So and the then, the movement know. one definitely needs to have a, a later a, density. I should a, say. Yeah, a, a different pass. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so stealth for the tier two is uh tier three would be advantage, and the corresponding again based on environment. So mm-hmm. if you're in nature, you have advantage on stealth checks. But if you're in the city, you have disadvantage on stealth. Yeah, checks. and I think that's fine. Um, same for perception, insight, and intimidation. Insight and intimidation has to do with revergent versus non-revergent humans. Yeah. Or humanoids. Um, or beasts, I suppose. And then for healing for tier two or tier three, uh, if you heal with hit dice, you gain a sort of a level of um, regeneration. So if you heal with hit dice, you gain, you dub- it doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be too much. I might just want to make it a bonus, but it's a bonus for tier two. And then... If you try to heal magically as a bane, it doesn't work. You no longer can heal through magical means. You can still regain your hit dice, mm-hmm. but you cannot gain so potions, nobody can lay hands spells. on no you. No one can lay hands on you or However, any of that shit. See, my... I've got to beep myself now. I just cursed. You're you're allowed the one. I know. It's Night not a PG thirteen move. They weren't. Like... <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I said a boo boo. No, it's fine. And it's... I'm telling you graduated oh now i gotta beep twice (laughs) times two you don't put the mark the time at least well the time's gonna be wrong now (laughs) but you'll be in the area (laughs) because we talked too much before starting (laughs) um and uh so the only way you can heal the bane is your only way to heal is utilizing is that you have to dose you have to dose your magical that, healing with Iliaster. Yeah, you're a junkie now. You're basically an Iliaster junkie. It's the only way you can heal magically would be to mm-hmm. expose yourself to raw Iliaster, which then has the effect of healing potions. Right. I need 2,000 milligrams of oxy. Exactly. I can't help it. But, if you, <laughs> you know? but then every time you take it, yeah. you also have to do another revergence roll because you're exposing yourself to the thing. Mm-hmm. So you need it to survive, but by using it, you're killing yourself. And I love it, but it... It may be broke. It may be too hard. It's probably too hard. Because, yeah, it's probably Remember, too hard. Remember, you only... Now, I like the idea of a cursed item that triggers something like this. Yeah, I know, right? And then you have to go to... You know, so I'm trying to remember. To so by the time you would be getting that roll, you're doing... At the very... You're very level... You're... What is it? Revergence degree? I don't... God, what was the word you said? God, getting old. Uh, reversion's exposure. Your exposure level. Yeah. Um, exposure. Your, your version's exposure, you say your exposure seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. You roll 4d12 every, so you you roll the first time you roll and you get the healing. You can only heal with Iliaster. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you advance. You would automatically, so the you're automatically moved to eight because you took a boon. You, you advance on boons, on uh, banes. Yeah. In um, tier three. So then, say you need to heal in a battle. So you have your vial of Iliaster and you dose it. You'd roll 4d12. You only um, have an effect on a 1, 2, or a 12, but a 1 or a 2 on either any of the dice. You're, so you have a 50% chance every time you heal of advancing. So it's probably too harsh. Yeah, it's well, especially at the higher levels because you're going to be hitting higher CRs that are going to be hitting you harder and harder. Well, so. we're also going to write in something about like revergence nullification and things like that and right. anti revergence yeah, magic oh yeah that's true because it, it may well balance itself out if, um, if you provide the tools to undo everything maybe you can maybe your hit dice can apply if you were also normally if you were attacked by a creature mm-hmm. that you know maybe hit you with iliaster claws like because yeah because at level seven eight and nine basically 
every time you have you have to make a roll, you have a beta, you basically have a fifty percent chance of advancing, which yeah. means it can happen three times, mm-hmm. and then you lose your character. That might be too harsh. Yeah. Well, again, that that's what playtesting is for. Yeah. Um, and because it's a great idea thematically. Yeah. I hate the idea of just throwing it out whole cloth, but. No, yeah. no, we'll just kind of tweak it. Yeah. My other thought that I had was I wasn't sure, and I was going to pitch this out to you as, a, as an additional addendum rule mm-hmm. in here, that as you advance through the tiers, the minute, if you are in tier one and you get revergent, un, you know, nullification, mm-hmm. you can go to nothing. Yeah. The minute you are in tier two, the lowest you can go is tier one. Oh yeah, I like that. The minute you're For in sure. tier three, the lowest you can go is tier two. Yeah, no doubt. That's you cannot totally heal all the way. Yep. Unless you're still in that first four, three levels. Yeah, it's too fundamental at that point. Yeah, yeah. like at the, that's the point at mm-hmm. which like, well, I got to the point where I'm all viney and then I grew thorns on my arm for a weapon and right. I wanted to undo that. Okay, we can undo the weapon, but you're still going to be covered in vines because right. that's the aesthetic effect you chose and that's stu- you're stuck with that now. Well, it's like, I, I, for whatever reason, I'm immediately envisioning, though not an Estorakian thing, technically, uh, like, a, like a cyborg who has parts replaced and then you, c- you could maybe reverse the arm but you can't reverse the the heart and the, the lungs, lungs and, and the, the lungs, integrated exactly. nervous system. You've gone too again. That oh, you go too far. You, you can only go, go back. All the way back. So someone who's in tier three might be constantly having to nullif have mm-hmm, a nullomancer mm-hmm. bring them back to level two, and right. they're constantly. And can, again, in a reference to to addiction, it's like you know, say you were because um, that's what our fantasy game needs is right. addiction issues. Well, I mean, because I mean, just as far as justifying the realistic, you know, the the. I don't know. It's just interesting because I mean, everybody who who digs too far into something, you know, and regrets it, can't go back all the way. Mm-hmm. Like if you were big on piercing, you're always going to have you take out all the piercings. You're always going to have those scars mm-hmm. to remind you of when you were piercing yourself yeah. so much and not for. Good Do we reasons. need to put a uh, content warning on addiction to this episode? I think so. Okay, just in case. Can't I asked hurt. that. I'm not, I'm not going to cut that out, audience. That was just a because yeah. you can listen to our compassionate, thoughtful planning. R- right. Well, you know, and I, you know, it's funny you should say that because I did just go. Did I just? Should I blissfully be using the term junkie? I'm going to have to reflect on that. So as long as probably, we're talking yeah, about it, I probably know. not. Exactly. Yeah. Again, but that's what we grew up with. We so live and we learn. And, yeah. and it just and hits me and I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I guess nobody's really a junkie. There's a, a there's a high thing. level of, that that word has a high level of blame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. It has a high, like a judgment and blame. And, yeah. you know, and I know it's easy to sit as someone who doesn't struggle with issues of addiction, because this is what people came to this podcast for. Yeah. <laughs> They did. That to uh, it reminds me of that episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, the box, where he he says, and I think he sees, uses the word junkie, and he says to uh, Sterling K. Brown, he says like, and oh, you're a box. junkie, okay. but also you know addiction is the disease, and you you know obviously it's not all your fault, right? Yes. <laughs> like you switching back, you are awful, but also addiction's a disease, disease, right? Exactly. You know, yeah, because to show the growth of Jake as a character, yeah. Because that's what that did just hit me when I said it. It's funny that you would bring it back to the more sensitivity, wokey, Sorry. if you will. No, that's okay because then this it was is why it we're just going. This is why forefront. we're going broke, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, maybe. Oh my gosh! Mm. Anyway. Uh, I saw the I saw a meme on Twitter because of course I did. It was on Twitter because of yeah. course it is because it's a cesspool now. Um, that was showing like you know the, have you seen the meme of the Grim Reaper going door to door with the blood and it's like about to go in the th- so it goes in the first door and then there's a trail of blood to the second door and then there's a trail of blood and he's reaching to for the door of the third door. Um, I haven't seen it. Yet. And people will, what they'll do is they'll stick a label on each door to show the progression of bad things happening. Oh okay okay. Um, it's that kind of meme. Exact that kind of meme and someone because what is it the right camp meme? Um, right. It showed you know, go woke or go broke. 
And at first it was Bud Light and then it was Disney. And then the third one was going to be um, Target because it's it's Pride Month. Oh, that's right. They're going and after Target. And so people Target. are going in and like smashing the Pride displays because they're so big and strong and sure of themselves. It's so bizarre. And the, the responses are just great. They're like, but last time I, 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 I checked Bud Light wasn't broken, nor was Disney. But that's the part that <laughs> I think they often miss in these things. Is that, like, yeah, Disney's really hurting. You're right. really hurting Disney right now. I know, and Bud Light. You're, you, oh God! You hurt the beer no one drinks anyway. I know. And that's why the beer was reaching out to a whole other group exactly. to see if maybe Miller Light's would. a superior cheap beer anyway. I agree. I like Miller Light better. If I had a cheap one, yeah, I would. I would definitely. None agree. of them are as good as Jenny Cream Ale. I haven't had Jenny Cream Ale in a long time. I love that was Jenny a real, there was a big hipster, you know, resurgence. It's the best for that. made cheap beer you can buy. Yeah. Um, my I was thinking about it. I saw. I was. I was like, oh man, it's about the season when I was grilling. I was like, it's time to start doing the. You do limeade, like half a can of limeade and four Miller Lights in a pitcher and stir it up and it's poor man's margarita. Oh, okay. Poor person's margarita. Yeah, that's true. Economically disadvantaged person's margarita. Yeah. Well, good place. <laughs> man, it's hard down there. It y'all. is. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gone to the good place in a long time. <laughs> They're working on um, it. So, all right. If this is our revergence, okay, yep. some variation on this, then the Verge Warden, We've already established a couple things with Verge Ward that yep. at specific levels they will gain the ability to gain a revergent token, which is the something that gives them mastery over that track of yeah, revergence. Yep. So they can pick their maybe we should pick it. So, you know, you start with mycelia, you start with mineral, and then you go to beast. Because everyone wants beastial. That is the thing. Everyone's so do gonna we want... start with beastial? Yeah, sure. Or and then do you give them the choice? Do you do you enhance yours? Well, do you give or them bestial? Yeah, do you give them bestial and then they multi-class away? Oh, well, but you're not getting it till third level. I know. I'm oh, gonna okay. Play, you're getting it at third level. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play you. a shifter ranger verge warden one. So shifter ranger three multi-classed into barbarian bear. Oh, totem. totem. Yeah, bear totem. And then I'm gonna have my natural weapons. And, and I'm a leonid. And I'm a Leonid. Because then you have claws already. So I'm a Leonid. 1d4 claw. Or to, oh, well, I said shifter. Yeah, that or, was the... But I'm just thinking now that, well, as you're going down, I'm just going down the thing. I'm like, well, Leonids have the claws. Like, Tabaxi how can we cheese also this? Get claws. So we get a claw attack. And then if you are... So that's already broken. What if you already have a natural weapon attack? Um, These are the problems. Suddenly, your entire skeleton is... Dipped in admantium. And <laughs> so these are these are going to be the issues that we're going to have to come up with. If someone wants to be cheesy and play, but at the same time, I have to Warden. assume, development wise, these designers can't sit there. You can't. You can't think of everything. Nope. Um, you can errata ero- egregious errors. Yeah, it's got to be the big ones, and just leave it up to people to play the way they want to play. Um, you know, when you're designing these massive games, like you don't know if people are going to figure out how to duplicate every item in their inventory by jumping off the edge of a building. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. We're going to come back to that yeah, in just a second. I was going to talk. I had a good conversation with our friend Ryan. Yeah. Um, about his character uh, in our Candlekeep game, and he was talking about how he, you know, he's basically um, wasn't happy with his spell list. It's his first character. Yeah, and I was like, "So we'll change it." Right. He's like, "But I don't know the story reason." I'm like, "There isn't one." No, I'm no. just going to change your spells, um, and that's okay. Yeah, and uh, but we were discussing spells and reading through like you know good spells, bad spells for the bard, and um, we were looking at silvery barbs, and we went into a deep dive conversation and research on the silvery barbs spell, the most controversial, the spell most to come controversial out spell, Watsi in a long time. Oh my yeah. god, that spell is bonkers. 
it's insane that somebody didn't like somebody whoever proposed that had to have been you know I, it's I, a I, level one spell that you can force a re-roll it's a to isn't anyone it a, isn't it a cantrip no it's a level one spell oh at least it's a spell it's but, a level one spell you force a re-roll on any mm-hmm. d20 roll right and they have to take the lower result and it comes off of a magic card isn't that a it's from the magic the gathering yeah, book it's, so it's, it's supposed the, to be like that blue wizard nonsense it's from strixhaven yeah. yeah so your level 18 or level 21 lich mm-hmm. casts a spell and rolls to attack with advantage and yeah. you can silvery barbs them at a level one bard spell and force them to roll a third die and take the lowest of the three isn't that how Hell's Bells kept themselves alive? Yes. Well, they use that spell a lot in Critical Role, mm-hmm. um, which is really funny, too, because Matt Mercer right now is DMing for Dimension 20, and someone used it in Dimension 20, and Brendan Lee Mulligan was like, wait, what? Because he obviously wasn't familiar with it, right. and Matt Mercer says, goes, yeah, it's one of those effing spells, um, <laughs> and the, the disdain in his face is palpable. How on earth would Brandon Lee Mulligan not know I, about? I don't know. That what's impossible. I know, and because and what's even worse is it was a PC at the table doing it to him because <laughs> he was doing a deception to the people at the table. And so it's a level one. So at a certain level, that gives you. It's a level one spell that equally affects. All the way up through level nine magic. How? How? See, so that's you know, and as we go through and design this it, world, we can never feel yeah, bad. Like, how on, did that make? It and on top through? of it, here's the best part. And this, mm-hmm. uh, this actually reading about this helped me understand something I struggled with before. Silvery barbs is a reaction, which means it's not part of your action bonus action movement economy. Wow, I did not know it that. It exists outside your turn because it's a reaction. So you could bonus action, action, and reaction, and as a reaction. So you can cast a spell someone else well you can't take two reactions so okay also counterspell is a reaction okay so you could cast misty step mm-hmm. you can cast eldritch blast and then as a reaction throw out a, a silvery barbs against someone um now can the silvery barb no you can they silvery have to be barbs, doing something you though. can silvery barb someone saving against your own spell jeepers that's i cast lightning bolt um they uh they made their save did they wow that's did they silvery barbs i didn't reaction, quite know it was that which has helped me understand the reason you can cast because there's the rule that you can cast a cantrip with a bone you can cast a spell with a bonus action mm. and then you can you can cast a spell with a bonus action and a spell with a one action in the same round as long as one of them is a cantrip okay and i was like oh, how okay. do you so how do you my thought was always how do you counterspell a counterspell you know i oh, cast okay. lightning bolt they cast counterspell I cast Counterspell. How? Because both of those are one action. Right. Because it's a reaction. It exists outside the action bonus action economy. Oh. Wow. I did not know Silvery Barbs was that. I mean, I knew it. And then on top of it, you can then take... So basically, you're clutching away at the potential for success, and then you can pass it to someone. So you you, you give them the disadvantage. They have to take the lower roll, and then you give advantage to someone else. And you suck out the potential and pass it. In one... In the same spell turn. Okay. So let me... Am I understanding? So say they... You make them re-roll a, so they roll like a, a damage spell. roll. Do I pass this? That Not, becomes it's d20s. A, okay, so it's something anything on a d20. So it's yep. a d20 challenge. Yep, d20 test. A d20 test. So on a d20 test, so then you're able to then give that d20 to someone else. So if they had like a twenty, and you're like, nope, and then they roll a five. Yeah, and you're like, oh, 
So now they take that, they have to take the five and they fail. Yeah. And then you say, and now I'm giving advantage to my barbarian who's right behind advantage. them. advantage, okay. You, you grant advantage. Gotcha. So it's like, wow. it creates this nebulous potential for success thing. Um, I feel like there is an article somewhere yeah. where somebody oh. interviewed designers and were like, how did this happen? We read an article by a designer talking okay. about the problems with silvery barbs. And he lists a bunch of fixes that are very commonsensical. And as I've been reading more, I've been hearing a lot of people who are like, well, I just did this and it fixed it. Um, the biggest one is just level up the spell. Sure. It's level one. Make it level two or three. Yeah. A lot of people, the most common fix I've seen is people who make it level two and they eliminate the secondary advantage. Right, so, the one is plenty. Yeah, so they basically, it allows you to, as many times as you can cast a second level reaction, mm-hmm. react and impose a disadvantage on a successful d20 roll. You can go, I hit, and you can go, no, you didn't, or yeah. re-roll. And then you don't get to pass advantage to someone else and it's a level two spell. Well, that, that mechanic- sort of makes it better. Yeah, that mechanic is very Magic the Gathering-y. Oh yeah, Gathering. it's very definitely because it's definitely do one thing wizard. and then you get another thing. Yeah, you know, and that's um, almost any card that's played offensively in that game does mm-hmm. kind of work that way. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Now, I think in the past I've said no silvery barbs, but I I kind of like the idea of just bumping it up to a level two or level three spell. Right, because it can um, certainly be fun sparingly. Right. Well, it like in any moderation. spell, like any spell, and I do love that you know all the DM advice podcasts will say something similar to this. This is nothing new. This is old ground. They'll say like things are fine, and you're perfectly within your rights when you're running a game. To if a character or a PC starts spamming something. Mm-hmm. They discovered something that works and they start spamming it. Yeah. So now every single encounter, they spam this thing. That's when you're like, okay, this is no longer fun. Okay, so right. either we're going to remove that from the game or you're going, we're going to come up with an adult conversation and an agreement that we're not going to spam that anymore. Yeah. Um, counterspell. Mm-hmm. Like how fun is it to every round have counterspell? I counterspell your counterspell. I counterspell, counterspell, counterspell. Like that sounds kind of lame. Although I do kind of love the idea of counterspelling. So yeah, but... For dramatic effect one time. Yeah. All things in moderation. If you, if you counterspell moderation. every round, yeah. like I play the bard, I just sit in the back and counterspell everything. Well, then I'm going to assassinate you. Well, yeah. Then why are you playing? Exactly. Because there's also that. That's also the part of the cheesing how, how it that is, I struggle with because I'm like, well, I don't want to play that way. Cheesing it like that is playing to win. And I don't play to win. And I play a, to play. And, 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 you, like, and if you remember, ultimately, D&D is a collaborative storytelling game. Mm-hmm. And if that was the story you were reading, you'd be really bored. Yeah. Yeah, if everyone's just constantly, yeah, that that would suck. So, so hey, did you yeah. you wanted to? Yeah, have, we'll we'll jump ahead because we're I gonna don't. we're gonna jump ahead yeah. to random encounters. Okay, so this doesn't apply to me, but it applies to you. You've had the week off and you've been doing something. Yeah, I did the Monday impulse. So, um, my youngest got her wisdom teeth out. Yeah. So I've been staying near home all week. So impulsively, I went ahead and bought uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, uh-huh. which I was not, you know, we've had many conversations about Breath of the Wild. Yeah, because it's always, not my jam. I always love the look of it and I like the idea of it, but I really felt like I wandered too much. There wasn't enough to keep me on track, but my biggest beef, and I'm certainly not alone in this, it's, it's Google will practically finish this. Sure. The breaking weapons drove me up the wall. Yeah, that's why I stopped playing too. Yeah, it's too frustrating. I got to carry like 60 weapons on me and they're constantly breaking. You get the one you really like. And it breaks three hits later, yeah. Right. So then I had been, so um, Tears of the Kingdom uh, adds a, f- a feature called Fusion. Where mm-hmm. you can take uh, two things, you can take a stick, and you can transmute them together, and you can transmute them together and make a better, more durable weapon. Um, and it makes all the difference mm-hmm. in this game. And I remember I got a text from you saying yeah. this fusion mechanic. You are just 
I was so excited because, okay, so, and we had this conversation quick this morning. So in a lot of ways to me, I know there's some debate, isn't there always, that Link is the ultimate ranger. Right. Um, You know, I think he's more of a, here's a hot take. I think he's more of a ranger than Strider is. Yeah. At least from what I see. So Strider's Link, a fighter paladin. Yeah, li- exactly. Link is a ranger. He's certainly a very skilled fighter, but he's a he's a ranger first and foremost. He's wandering a land by himself, living off the land when needed, you know. Um, but in this new thing, he he Link gets a new arm and it gives him various gifts and skills. Spoilers for Tears of the Kingdom. Spoilers for Tears of the Kingdom. So the whole thing is spoiling Tears of the Kingdom because this is where I kind of run into, I want to make so many of the things that, a couple of the things that Link can do, Verge Warden features. The Mm -hmm. fusing weapons thing is so cool and it fits with the stories that we were already coming up with. And then I started to wonder about where's the balance in that? Um, If I can use my totem to pick up and make myself, you know, um, I can take this stone and, you know, where's the balance? Because so, so Link can do that. He can fuse basically two things together to make a better thing, better thing, better weapon. Um, he can do it with the shields as well. Uh, his arrowheads, which is probably one of the coolest features. You, you draw the arrow and you can connect all kinds of stuff to it. Um, he also has the ability to move through solid objects, which I freaking love. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that one can be used, but it fits with the general vibe we were coming up with and if there was a way so what you're telling me is that nintendo stole revergence from absolutely us. for and sure so we'll be sending a letter and yeah. expecting a check for tears of the kingdom even one well, billion dollars yes. so i mean tears of the kingdom even has like this you know this evil blight that goes around and if you touch you mean it, anti-iliaster anti yeah it's anti it's it's so cool but like I guess what it, what I came away with it was just like how Link is in this is what my brain really wants the Verge Warden to be. Okay. If I were choosing, you know, you, so if you're coming up with a subclass, you have to choose why am I choosing that? Because I want to merge stuff. Yeah, like I want, I want to, to be, transmute. Because a Verge Warden is literally kind of this person who is at one with the Verge. You right. know, like we've said before, they, a Verge Warden they, could take a swig of Iliaster and go, oh, uh, yeah. tasty, get that from a tree root, whatever. You know, they can tell where it came Refreshing. from. Refreshing. Yeah, exactly. They can be obnoxious about it if they want because it's just... Which means we also have to come up with a Druid subclass that can also do the same. Sure. Well, that's why That's why my, my, first, my first weapon... Um, my first fused weapon, uh, what do you call it, uh, compromise was uh, a Verge Warden can use their fused weapons, but they can't use any magical weapons unless the magical weapon was created ritually by a Verge Druid, mm-hmm. basically. The, this, the magic weapon, they can't attune to it. It won't work for them. Not that you always attune to magic weapons. Right. Sometimes yeah. you do. I don't know. I just love the idea. I mean, because if you play, t- just watch some YouTube videos, if even, and just see them. Like, that's what would make... There's a ranger, and then this is a verge warden. Look at this way this guy is getting around the land. It's totally different, and it would be a massive advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because and literally, it's like proof of concept. Link is traveling the verge, yeah, alone. You know, whereas no one else would do that, but a verge warden can do that. So we had not ori- originally we'd had this concept of the verge warden transmuting objects around them doors yeah. walls yep. cloth rope stone whatever yeah. into other natural materials as part of their exploration mechanics basically they use it as an exploratory mechanic yeah but you could also use it as a as a combat mechanic i i'm getting my butt beat and i reach down and i transmute the floor underneath yeah because i just keep seeing all these thematically cool moments that you could make happen yeah we never discussed how could you merge it with a weapon 
Yeah, that's a re- and that's what I saw at a meeting. I was like, that is so cool. You know what it made me think of? Um, when you initially came up with Revergence, did you play uh, Death Will Die? And it had the madness mechanic. Yeah, and it was like this thing and that you, you enjoyed the, so that's much. Where, that was actually the thing on here with the yeah. you roll these extra dice. Mm-hmm. They help you, but they also advance you along this right. Path. So the like Tears from the Kingdom and the Verge Warden for me is like that moment where I was like, I'm so this is so cool. This is like it's not everything I have in mind for the Verge Warden, but it, it, it the fused weapons thing kind of just draws that. If we could integrate the fused weapons with some type of thing. Uh, you know, a, a way to balance it or, or disadvantage, okay, so whatever you want to say. I really feel like that's the thing that makes you look at all the different subclasses and go, ooh, that's pretty cool. Right. Like if I can grab this thing, and I'm even open to you have a weapon, you fuse it, and you get five strikes or mm-hmm. something, and then it breaks. Yeah. Not the, not the it original doesn't last blade. forever. Yeah, not the original blade. You always have your sword. But I mean, just it could be, it could be just so cool. It could be like one minute. Sure. Yeah, like around, and then you infuse your weapon with you know you grab your stone token mm-hmm. and you yep. infuse your weapon for one minute and it grows crystalline serrated shards down the end of it. Yeah, and it does, and it does a bleeding mechanic. Yeah, something for like that. around. I think it would um, be really. It's just so cool in the game to never feel helpless, and that should be the mm-hmm. point of the Verge Ward. Yeah, it, it you know it can make it grow spikes, and it has a, a natural poison mechanic mm-hmm. for if you do it natural. Your sword grows teeth. I love it. It's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> But enjoy that. Oh man, yeah. I mean, it could be, and then the 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 you make your armor grow eyes, and then you have advantage on perception checks behind you. The room, Ugh. the room for players to come up with all kinds of fun stuff, and, and some for, of it should be kind of gross. Oh, for sure, if they want. Yeah, but yeah, I think it'd be really uh, just so cool. So okay, so we want to revisit Verge Warden. Also, we need to be able to jump from ridiculous heights, gain incredible speed, and. Put a parachute off one second before we touch the ground and lose oh, okay, all yeah, okay, yeah, or <laughs> land in a puddle. Yeah, or we can land in a puddle. We can land in a pond and we're fine after dropping like a stone from the heavens, from literally like the stratosphere. Yeah, like I don't even know how high because that's another thing you do in Tears of the Kingdom. There's a there's a sky map, a mainland map, and an underground map. Yeah, we already did this. Probably. Oh, I already did. I know. I caught myself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you had to. Un- I was gonna just blank that out. You just had to put me on blast, Josh. <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, you know the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm writing down little notes. What are we spoiling? Yeah. We spoiled Tears from the Kingdom. We spoiled uh, Fubar. We spoiled... We didn't um, really spoil Fubar. I'm telling you, that's like in the first. I know. I don't yeah. care. I'm still going to put it. Okay, I'm still going to put it. Oh, and uh, we spoiled um, uh, When You're a Spy. Oh, uh, Burn Notice. Burn Notice. All right. We're going to... But everyone should have watched Burn Notice. Already. Everyone should have already watched Burn Notice. It's on streaming. It's got to be, right? Oh, I'm sure. Probably I'm sure. Hulu. I would have... Oh, probably Amazon. Uh, yeah. Because they got Psych on there. I'll find the link to it and put it in it's the show notes. It's from that era. It's from that golden era of USA. USA, because you had Psych, Monk, Burn Notice, uh, Infer- Suits. In- suits, Internal. White Collar. White Collar. There was the one about the girl in the CIA, too, um, with Piper Covert Pedro. Affairs. Covert Affairs. Yep. Um, and Augie. Yes. I loved yes. Augie. Yeah, I followed that one all the way. I watched I a lot I- of those USA shows. So did I. They, well, they were. you know what? The thing about those USA shows is they were good, not great. Yeah. And they were just entertaining... Well, you could probably watch them with your kids around, which was a big advantage. Jacob Usually, loves them. He goes back and he watches Psych over and over oh again. Oh my gosh, we and will put on Psych if we don't know. My wife still has not watched Psych. She only I, watched the. We only watched the pilot. I kind of and the pilot is not the Actually, strongest, and maybe the second episode. And that is not the strongest example. There's some great moments, but not the strongest. Not until of you fall into the deep love between Sean and Gus, mm-hmm. when everybody just knows each other and the set, and you can tell everyone's having a great time, and it just comes out. 
yes. in the episodes. Best clue send up ever. Uh, yeah, exactly. Their clue episode was amazing. Well, their Twin Peaks episode is one yes. of the most brilliant things they're, ever, too. They're, everyone oh, I mean, do. they're great. Every, yeah, it's a great show. Watch it, everyone. I'll put yeah. a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, every homage they do is excellent. P-S-Y-C-K-C-H. I can spell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Tears of the Kingdom, that's really interesting because... That does essentially they they did they kind of went for the same thing we were going for a merging of natural of nature and the person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in a used in an offensive and slash defensive way. Yeah. So at its core, fusing nature with stuff in an offensive defensive way is exactly what we wanted to do with the Verge Warden. Yeah. So in in a lot of ways, Link can and, do that currently, and I'm I'm only so far into it as a forty six year old man. I've played. Well, four you're about days. to go back to work next week and stop playing forever. Well, almost essentially. That's the worst part. <laughs> you you get your. It's like anytime I play a video game over a break, it's like, oh, I'm going to play this new video game, and I have one week to play it. And after that week, I'll probably never come back to it because I have a job. Yeah, it'll be rare. Yeah, but I will. And that's the thing. Tears of the Kingdom. Just for bring me, your Switch to work and just hide so you in the room and t- <laughs> don't do that. Just don't so do that. you We're know, we're not advocating not no, doing do shirking not. your responsibilities. No. So just imagine. Just so you all know, a game. Here's the beauty of when you're 46. On average, a game like this that would take someone, say, people like, that game's amazing. There's like 50 hours of gameplay. That's for very, you. That's a lot. That's a very short game. Yeah. For you, it's 525,000, and perhaps you pass your save on to Is your it 525,600 minutes? Yes, exactly. That's funny. <laughs> but no, either way, it's a, it's a long time, and you will have to uh, bequeath your save in your will oh, for someone else bequeathing, to finish. Huh? Yes, yeah, I know, right? never. Yeah. With, the, with a couple of exceptions, that's how I am with just about every game. The Spider-Man game I finished. I, right. I, if it's during the summer, I can finish a game. Well, yeah, in your case, um, you, know, you have the opportunity. Witcher, I finished several times because mm-hmm. it's the greatest video game ever made. And Skyrim, I've played through several times. All the way through? All I the always way get through. lost on Skyrim. I do the I've complete, started it a bunch I of do time. the complete main mission. I do all the side quests. I do. I wander everywhere. I make every weapon. I build every house. And How did you never play the online version, the MMO of that? Because I hate MMOs with a passion, Josh. I thought you liked World of Warcraft. I enjoyed playing World of Warcraft during COVID. Um, and I really just played it with my wife. The only one and, I ever played loyally was Asheron's Call. Oh, and see, that's way my biggest that. problem with with MMOs is my inability. So, like playing online requires me to connect with people I don't really know. Mm-hmm. And even in the case of of WoW, I was in a guild with my friend, a friend I know who yeah. runs it, and so is Jody, myself, and and our friend Crystal who ran the guild. Okay, okay. And we would find other people to run dungeons, but I always felt like it was going around to people who've been playing and know what they're doing going, hey guys, yeah. <laughs> could you help me through this this dungeon? I yeah. really want like the magic sword crystal at the end. Mm-hmm. And if you could just like do the dungeon for me and I'll just follow along and get the stuff at the end. Hey, thanks, bye. Right. And that feeling, I can only do it so much before I'm like, and I'm done. Well, um, during COVID, Rod Wolf and I did Neverwinter. Yeah. But Rod Wolf did it before me. Mm-hmm. So I would constantly be like, "Hey, can we go online? I'm stuck at this one part." And then he would just, you know, I would we would just tear through the it's world. It's the worst and then feeling. Once it's, yeah, because he's just inherently good and better at those than me, I guess. And so yeah, MMOs have never been my thing. I stress out. I remember playing. I played the Dungeons and Dragons online, mm-hmm. which is set in Aberon, and I was cool. And I played the, and it was for free. And I played that for a while. But I remember distinctly having a group of random people doing a dungeon. Yeah. And I played a paladin, and a guy started yelling at me. Oh yeah, because I wasn't it. healing him. And I was like, "Well, I, first of all, 
And that's the other thing. I here's why. There's too much stuff going on on the screen. I can't tell what. Where am I again? Yes. Um, because they're very busy screens when you play these games, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't tell which one of you sons of guns is needing healing, and I'm yeah. also a paladin. I'm not like a primary healer. I'm basically yeah, gonna just heal myself. Yeah, let's be honest. For sure. Um, absolutely. I I, I I lay on hands myself, man. That's my hands, my body. Okay. I love the guy getting mad about it. He gets so mad. He's like, yeah, I can tell you've got healing powers, Paladin. Good job supporting the party. Like real passive aggressive, <laughs> like shitty. And I'm like, no. I would totally have been like, I do. And I'm using them on myself. Exactly. And it wasn't, and it was the time it was even better is that I didn't, I was anti-headset in voice oh, chat. Okay. So everything was type chat. <laughs> So I was like, I'm not even like stopping playing long enough. I love stuff like that. To see, I made um, a reference to the old, and this will be the last thing, but I just because it did the coolest thing. So I beta tested Asheron's Call, which was a billion years ago. It was Microsoft's first attempt to make their own games. It was okay. amongst the earliest ones. So it was supposed to be like a competitor to Ultima Online. Sure, and sure, to, sure, sure. So I signed up for the beta. I got it. I played the beta quite a bit. Actually, really enjoyed it overall um but then eventually stopped you know because i'm just like geez i have so many other things to do i can't mm-hmm. sit and do this right it's not my job i can't invest the time in this you're right so um i left it but what was neat is i did go back on so when they decided they were about to publish it and the beta was over um everyone knew it was coming because there was a thing in the sky when you would walk anywhere in asheron's call if you looked up into the sun or into the sky you could see something it was this rainbowish thing, and everyone started to talk about what is that? And it would get bigger and bigger. And it was this massive asteroid flying toward the world to destroy the beta. And so you can go online and see people gathered around the impact what? point to wait for it to destroy. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, now I'm going to check that yeah, out. Yeah, it's totally cool. So um, I'm also going to put a link to Asheron. Remember, it's an old game, so the graphics aren't exactly sweet, but... Asteroid. I'll yeah, find a, a, I'll, find, asteroid I'll try and find that, a YouTube video. It. And it may not have been the beta, because I just remember signing in to see it. But either way, they use an asteroid to blow up the world. Very cool. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Have you seen uh, that episode of Black Mirror, the Star Trek homage episode? Um, I have read all about it. It sounds so skin crawly. I have avoided oh, watching it. It's horrible it sounds I mean, it's brilliant it, it sounds like it it sounds like it's an important message to put out there but it's seen just the thought of it, I, makes me go, it, it, it and I, I that's how i struggled the entire episode and it, i was like Bleh. yeah um but also one of the most horrific endings for a bad guy in the i've ever seen on tv oh well that's nice and but I'm not, not in a traditional way so like at the end of the episode spoilers. jesse plemons yeah spoilers for this episode I'll, i don't remember what it's called i'll put a link to it in the show notes black mirror um so jesse plemons character is a programmer who's got his vr world that he has populated with dna clones of people he doesn't like or has beef with right and he tortures them yeah exactly and he makes them do what he wants to do and he's awful yeah he's awful. awful and they all basically are escaping at the end of the episode through a wormhole because there's an update coming and he's got his like locked off from the update but for some reason for some reason within the confines of the episode. Somebody was too smart. Exactly. Right? There was yeah. like someone was smart and they were able, the the lead designer, who's the main character of the episode, that's not the villain, is sacrifices himself to give them the ability to get through this update portal. And he's following them and he can't catch them. And they go through the portal after he commits suicide. And he's in this VR headset thing. Yeah. And the portal closes. And then the world that he's created, because the update came through, 
starts to like shut down and it's like the heat death of the universe until all that's left in existence oh so for you that's got to be ooh for all that's left of him and his all of his existence is undying eternity stuck in a black void and he can't wake up from the the vr right. so it shows his body on the ground like with the vr headset on but they've already established that time is like inconsequential so even though his real body you know who knows within so something no, about in the show that you can't just wake someone up out of their vr headset that's always the rule that yeah. is the one thing if i know anything about the vr ai apocalypse future it's you that can't, once you go in you can't just come on out you're you can't not just allowed. unplug you're not allowed for some reason yeah and all the other characters end up alive right. in the new version. They're still stuck in VR because they're not real people. They're right. clones. But, but they now are independent and in control of themselves. And they get to live their life. Eternally in heaven where in, they make Eternally they in want. Star Trek. Yeah. That's cool. And in their own ship. And they can. And, but then they're like, they're like, there's a vessel. Let's hail them. And it was like some kid going, I'm going to do your mom. And they're like, <laughs> oh. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> with, of course, the caveat that every MMO eventually ends up getting shut down. So, right. well, there's actually people that go and explore abandoned MMOs. That's wild. That's another YouTuber. You can still sign on. There's a couple YouTubers that do it, and they'll go to these early virtual worlds that are still active. The server's still pumping away somewhere in a closet, but there's no players. And so you wander this endless landscape of abandoned. It sounds horrible. It's neat. It's like uh, digital archaeology. Like, I, think, I think that's what they call it. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There can be some interesting, sometimes they're real creepy, real creepy. Uh, and you just assume, you know, it's funny because you, you take it with good faith. You're like, oh, look at that program. It's like lost its mind or because there's always, you know, there's always one other person actually playing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Doing some weird, creepy ass. <laughs> you got to watch them. They're pretty fun. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. But as far as our episode for today, however, I do think that that's our time. I that think that's all the time we have way for over today. T- and that's fine because our last one was short. So we yeah, can, exactly. So we, can go, we, you know, this one will end up being about 50 minutes, 52 minutes, 53 minutes. 53-ish. Maybe. 53-ish. Um, it depends on when I condense the silences, how, right. how long it ends up. So again, thanks everybody for showing up and listening to um, our, our much more tangenty. It's, it's, it's good. The it was fun though. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, for any information or to look at or peruse, peruse the latest drafts of the uh, Virgins and the Verge Warden and stuff, yeah. uh, go ahead and visit us at our website, www.fourthpillarplay.com. All spelled out. Yes, where you can also, or you can also like and follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Um, you know, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to Night Shift Radio for putting us out there. Yes, exactly. Always thank you to them. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. We look forward to creating more with you.